Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hello, what's going on, folks? I'm Matt, your host of the Habesha Finance Podcast. All right, so last week, I shared what our grocery budget was in 2020. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. And so today, now on today's podcast, I'm going to go over the other budget items that we had. And maybe this will help you look at your expenses to see if there's anything in 2021 that you can adjust. And so 2020 was our first full year actually with having a mortgage. If you recall, if you've been following me, on the podcast or on YouTube, I shared with you our home buying journey. And I have a playlist dedicated to that. I'll definitely put a link in the show notes. But we were fortunate that, you know, we were able to have a mortgage that was less than 25% of our take home pay. And this has always been important to us because we don't want to have too much house. I think a mortgage or rent is always going to be something that people who are on that journey to financial independence is going to have to figure out. People are going to have to figure that part out. And if you can stay within that 20 to 25% range, then you're definitely going to be able to do a lot of the other things like have a high savings rate for retirement, be able to pay down debt if you have any debt, to be able to give where you can, you know, so many other things that you're going to want to do with your money, you're going to be able to do that because you don't have half of your take-home pay going to your mortgage or you don't have 30 or 40% going to your mortgage or your rent. So the, the, the key, one big key of financial independence, that journey that I do strongly believe in is having a mortgage or rent that's going to be around 20 to 25% of your take-home pay. And if you can reduce that even further down, my goodness, that's really great. That's a really great part of, um, you know, a great strategy to your journey to financial independence. Now, some other line items in our 2020 budget that we actually carried into 2021 include electric, gas, water, internet, cell phone. You know, those are some of the other recurring bills that we have had. Obviously, we don't have cable. So, you know, we've learned, I've learned specifically to live without watching sports. Mainly, you know, the ESPN cable television programs, the TNTs, um, pretty much those two programs have not been part of my life. uh, For the, I've told you for the last 15 or so, 20 years, maybe, But interestingly, we do have HBO Max, we do have Hulu, Disney Plus, because these programs have been covered by our cell phone plan and internet plan, believe it or not. And then also there's YouTube. YouTube has become a huge favorite of ours, you know, in terms of finding creators and finding people out there who are actually creating these like high level production series, programs, TVs, I mean, um, you know, videos. And to me, there's been there's and and then you get some educational videos on there as well. And so there's really been no need for cable. I'm not going to say, hey, and and I haven't missed it. Right. My wife likes to remind me, remember to tell people that we're not missing it. And that's very true. We're not missing cable programming, like cable television programming. I'm sorry. You know, I I don't want to knock that industry, but 
for people who are trying to get on that path to financial independence, like I think that's just one want versus a need that people can definitely cut out. You know, um, another another budget item that I did want to share that I thought was interesting, especially I think many, many people can relate who were able to um, transition from going into the office to working from home was the amount of money that we spent on fuel. So for fuel, we actually spent an a- spent eight hundred and forty five dollars for the whole year. So on average, we spent seventy dollars a month. And it's amazing how this pandemic has changed this budget line item. I think we all kind of understood that, yeah, we're going to be spending a lot less, especially if you're working from home, that you're going to be spending a lot less on fuel for your car, for your automobile. But in 2019, our fuel line item was actually $1,980, an average of $165 a month. So we, we definitely, you know, experienced a fuel uh, average less than half, much less than half, because, you know, half of that would have been like $82 or $83, um, but we were actually $70 a month. So now, you know, we're going to continue to do our part, obviously, in the midst of a pandemic and be, be safe. Hopefully, you know, the companies that we work for have been very kind to us and, you know, allowing us to work from home. So one of the things that I don't want to overlook is that the reason why our fuel costs, our fuel budget item reduced so much is because of this work from home opportunity, right? But yeah, fuel for us was directly impacted by the pandemic, working from home and really just limiting where we go, limiting the places where we go. All right. Next, um, various kinds of insurance that we have. This was another part of our budget item obviously being in a full year of a house we were we had you know uh, home insurance for our cars I'll tell you because both our cars are paid off and we have a 2012 we have a 2007 we only have liability insurance we don't have full coverage and I'll tell you exactly why because the reason why is once our cars were paid off the value of the car right if there, if it were to be totaled the value of the car would be much easier to replace, you know, over the next four or five years, if we were to wreck it, um, the values of the the value of the cars, than to have to go out and have a full full protection uh, insurance policy. And so, if you're getting a new car, then it makes sense completely to get full coverage. I 100% agree. But after some years pass, you can I I think you know for us at least, um, we we were more than ready to drop that full protection and just go to liability because you know if you have if your car if the value of your car is now three thousand dollars two thousand dollars four thousand um, dollars and you've built up an emergency fund well that emergency fund ultimately can actually replace the cost of that car but yeah that's that's the reason why we switched from full coverage especially for the 2012 to just having liability because in this sense especially now that we're not really driving so many places too. It just made sense that we're not driving too many places. I think two years before, one or two years before when we paid off um, the other car, uh, the 2012, we finally said, okay, we're just going to do liability and, and build our emergency fund so that if there is some kind of accident, unfortunate, or if there is some kind of need to get another car because it gets totaled or something like, we still have... Uh, the emergency fund to be able to go out and buy another car. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, And then the other categories include dining out, charitable giving, 
And then Buffer. Buffer has been a big, big, big budget item for us. We used to have what's called her spending, his spending, just to be able to give us, you know, some a little bit of extra cash that we can spend $100 or $200 when, when we needed to, when we wanted to spend money. Because remember, this budgeting, like I said in the previous podcast, it's not that it's going to restrict you. It's going to free you to be able to spend your money in a responsible way. So we do have a buffer. And instead of having like um, his spending or her spending, which we used to have, we ended up just taking those amounts and adding it to the buffer. Because what we found out was like there would be months that I wasn't using um, his spending or there were months that she wasn't using her spending. So to make things a little bit easier and just to have one line item where we both can use and, and spend from, we just put all of that in one uh, line item buffer so if we wanted to get new clothes something for the house something for the car you know something i want or something she wants we have that through the buffer line item i know a lot of times people are like hey man you know what are some of the budget items that you have well i'm sharing that with you here i'm sharing that with you here those have been like the main and then there's like obviously there's one or two specific toward us you know like maybe saving for traveling which we had to stop obviously and so that just kind of goes into buffer and then also if we're building up an emergency savings fund then whatever is left from all of these items we would put in our emergency fund right because we've built it up to a three month three months um, now the goal is to get it up to six months and so we're continuously improving every category of our budget right and so after you establish those categories because we're in our fourth year of budgeting or at least we've, we're about to finish our fourth complete year of budgeting we started in february 2017 once you establish those categories and stick with those categories and you're tracking those categories, I think that is a big part of budgeting. Remember, it's going to take time, but there's nothing more important, especially when you're starting your journey to financial freedom, than budgeting, tracking how you're spending your money, managing how you're spending your money, right? And not having so many expenses helps makes things easy. You all know how I feel about credit cards. One thing that I did want to say, because like I said, my wife still has her credit card, but we use it specifically for um, work expenses. So if there's anything that she needs to expense for her job, then she will use that. She will use her credit card for that specific reason. And so a big part of how you can at least manage your credit card, if you have a credit card, that's fine. If you have a credit card, uh, like you're not my enemy, you're, you know. In fact, you know, if you're in the in the process of trying to build credit, you're ready to buy a home. Yes, there are ways where you can buy a home without having a credit card. It's called manual underwriting, which is another topic for another day. However, for most people, you know, the easiest way to go through building credit and having to to buy a house that's the easiest way to build your credit what i would say is if you have one or two items on your budget that you're consistently paying like a bill of some kind whether it's your gas water internet or cell phone then okay assign your credit card to pay that off and then assign your debit card automatic to automatically pay your credit card bill off all right so you kind of set things in auto um, autopilot so you don't have to worry about it because the last thing I want to see is people who are using their credit card for expenses all over the place and not tracking your money. 
if you're starting off and you've never managed your money, I think a credit card is very dangerous. And I would highly suggest not doing that. At least that's what I would do. I would not use my credit card just to spend on a buffer items, just to spend on dining out or groceries. I would resist the urge of spending my money, spending my using my credit card for those expenses. However, I wouldn't mind using a credit card to use on a consistent bill, a recurring bill that you know you're going to have like gas, water, internet, cell phone, and those things. And the last point that I want to make is that simplicity is key. All right. Simplicity is key. It goes back to how many categories do you have? How many um, line items do you have? Um, are you able to reduce, take away some of the, the monthly expenses like memberships, cable, those kinds of things where you can reduce those amounts, start throwing those, you know, expenses, the money that you're spending for that to your bud, to your debt, to any debt that you have, right? Including your mortgage. And that's one thing that I didn't include here because guess what? We don't have consumer debt that we're paying off anymore. We don't have student loans. So obviously if you have student loans, that's going to be part of your budget. But for us, thankfully, you know, we've taken care of that um, two years ago or so. And so we're able to now to just focus on expenses, saving. And another thing that I did mention too here is it may not be on this budget per se, but somewhere in our budget or somewhere off the budget, I'm going to have another Excel spreadsheet where I'm going to track. I know this is, this is like nerd level budgeting, I think, but I'm going to track each paycheck stub right, that we're getting. So that way I can track exactly how much in taxes is being taken out, how much in taxes is going to our health, you know, health savings plans, how much in taxes is going to our 401k, um, the state tax, federal, social security, obviously. I want to track that so that I know exactly when we start getting to October, November, December, we're taking out exactly the right amount of taxes for our, for each year. And so that's something that I also wanted to mention. I mentioned that, I think, um, previously, but I also wanted to just remind myself to start doing that because um, confession, I haven't started doing that yet. But I am going to, to, to do that. That's a goal of mine. My, a financial goal of mine for this year is have create like another spreadsheet of some kind where I am going to be tracking um, the full, you know, gross paycheck. And then from the gross amount, track exactly how the paychecks are being distributed between the different, you know, uh, expenses in terms of taxes and then savings and, and healthcare, whatnot. I hope you enjoyed these two episodes of 2020 budget in review and, you know, just general tips and advice for your 2021 budget. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that and hopefully it will inspire you to look at your budget, to start budgeting and to just be confident, be encouraged because the budget, you know, but like I said, budgeting takes time. It's going to take you three to four months to really get a hang of budgeting. But once you do that, you know, the categories, you're going to basically memorize the different categories that you're spending your money on. And then everything is going to be as simple as possible, which is going to help you on your journey to financial freedom. I'm a big believer in that, and I think that's going to go a long, long way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful and purposeful week. And you know what? We'll do this again next week. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.